0: Greetings, Timajulam, Karibuni sana tena! We are now on our seventh episode of the Kingdom series! Weh! Man, this series has been really special. It's been a really special series um, for me. And um, The thing that I remember that I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'm not sure if it was the I think it was the second episode, where we talked about how the kingdom is revealed. It's something that is revealed. It's not um, it's not a logical thing, it's something that is revealed, and I remember praying at that time um, that God would reveal the kingdom to us, that He would reveal His kingdom will um, to us. And what really not just the kingdom will, but really what is the kingdom, that he'd reveal that to us. And, and this is my prayer for all of us, especially during this period, is that I pray that God would, um, that God, over the next couple of weeks, that the message of the kingdom would reveal to us deeply, right? And I pray that the Holy Spirit, who is the one who comes and brings understanding, would help us to understand what God is saying to us about his kingdom so that we can bear much fruit. And we're going to look at this a bit more deeply um, over the next couple of weeks because the thing that you realize is that there were so many people that were listening to Jesus Christ talk about the kingdom and they didn't understand the message. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, there were all these people who were following him. There were all the religious people of the time who were listening to Jesus Christ speak about this kingdom time and time again. And Jesus says that it was not given to them to understand it. But I my prayer is that we would all understand what God is trying to teach us through this, through this, and to also understand that this revelation comes from His Holy Spirit. And so I pray in Jesus' holy name for every single person that is listening right now. I pray in Jesus' holy name, O Father, that you would reveal the message of the kingdom in their hearts, that your Holy Spirit would awaken this message of the kingdom in their hearts that revelation would arise and that each and every single one would fully understand and begin to internalize this kingdom that you have given them access into in Jesus' holy name. (laughs) The Lord has answered our prayer. The Lord has answered our prayer. You know, let me tell you something, guys. When, And I say this all the time, but I I just feel like I need you guys to understand, like, the part of the reason why i love doing any series is because this thing is transformative for my life as well right it's like this is like the word of god is a double-edged sword it changes others and it changes you you know um and so this is this is what this series has been about um it's it's in my opinion of all the series that i've ever done this has been the most transformative for me personally just all these interesting revelations. But anyway, I have to confess something. I remember that the first episode that we did, when um, it came to defining the kingdom, I remember at the time when preparing that message, I kind of feeling like I hadn't fully, properly defined what the kingdom is. I actually think that first episode, not I think, I know now that that first episode was a really a message about talking about what the benefit of the kingdom is. But it wasn't the message that defined the kingdom. And and I'd hoped that, you know, at some point during the series that God would reveal what the kingdom really is and give give us a more clearer definition of what the kingdom is, um, since we are learning alongside together. And um, it's interesting that, you know, God has... Actually, let me start from there. let me let me let me take it back. Let me first start of how how this whole thing came to be, right. So how we started the series on the kingdom and why we started it was because we had just finished the prayer series. Um, and when we finished the prayer series, I remember uh, you know uh, praying and asking you know uh, my father, um, you know, what next? you know, what else do you want me to teach? what's the what's the next thing that we should talk about and uh, as soon as that happened uh, 15 minutes later after I'd prayed that prayer um, my very good friend Esther calls me Esther is a really amazing dude um, He he's the one who uh, uh, I don't know if many of you guys know who Esther is he's uh, was I don't know if he still is gospel musician but he's also the guy behind CTA, Clean the Airwaves, which is a a YouTube series that um, interviews different influencers, um, culture shapers, and basically, you know, interviews them and goes in-depth, gives you an in-depth look into their lives um, and their their journey. And he's, so he does CTA, but not only that, he's also a very big, fan of adulam he's one of our many 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 great fans and uh, so he calls me he calls me and he he's like you know anyone know, who knows eastern knows he's very high energy he's just like yo my guy <laughs> so he calls me he's just like yo man i need to talk to you and he's like there's some stuff that i've been learning and i need someone to talk to he's like man i've been learning about the kingdom and as soon as he said those words Immediately, I knew that that's what God wanted us to talk about. God is amazing. Anyway, fast forward is so he does he's doing this um, um, CTA. He's one of the CTAs that he's done. uh, Clean the Airwaves is with uh, Reverend Julian uh, Kula. Uh, Reverend Julian Kula is the the pastor at Pepper Center, he's also an entrepreneur, great guy. You should definitely watch that um, CTA, it's going to really bless your life. But anyway, uh, CK, <laughs> CK over here has been, had been telling me for weeks, <laughs> yo, you need to watch that thing. And I'm just there like, yeah, 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 I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, man. Um, so finally, I decided to watch it um, after her many implorations and that thing blew my mind away and one of the things specifically that blew my mind away was somewhere towards the end of the cta episodes reverend julian says that the kingdom so he goes to define what the kingdom is and he says the kingdom is simply god's way of doing things the kingdom is God's way of doing things. Let me tell you that thing. I remember I paused and I was completely blown away because that there was the revelation of what the kingdom is all about. That first, first, first episode, when I tried to define it, I knew I hadn't gotten it. But I'm so grateful because the kingdom is revealed. Those who seek, will find. Those who ask will receive. Those who seek will find. Those who knock, the door will be open. And sure enough, God did it. This is a very simplified definition of what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. (laughs) You know, in the first episode, we defined it as God's kingdom is wherever God is in action and where God's will is done. But the simplistic way of saying it is that the kingdom is God's way of doing things. So when Jesus comes and teaches us about the kingdom and what the kingdom of God is like, he's teaching us and showing us how God works, how God does things. He's just like, listen, this is how God does things. Right? So he's gathering the people. The kingdom of God is like, he's basically telling them, this is how God does things. This is how God does things. He comes with a message. Same thing. The kingdom of God is at hand. Listen, I'm here to show you how God does things. This is how God does things, right? And that's what we've been learning throughout this series. We've been learning about how God does things, man. (laughs) In the first episode, we learned about the benefits of doing things God's way, right? And that the benefit of doing things God's way, the benefit of doing things God's way is eternal life. He showed us why it's important to do things God's way. Because the the, the literal benefit of doing things God's way, the benefit of the kingdom, the benefit of doing things God's way is eternal zoe. God's way of doing things brings life. God's way of doing things is the path to life. And so, what we see in the first episode is the benefit of doing things God's way is eternal purpose, eternal vitality, eternal progress, eternal zoe. Right? In the second episode, we learned that God's, that the kingdom of God is like a seed. So, God's way of doing things is like a seed. Okay? He prefers to do things through a process. That he prefers to take things through a process to achieve fruitfulness. And therefore, The thing that we learned in that episode was, is that when we understand that God is a God of process, is that what we then have to come to terms with, or have to adopt, is patience. That when you think about the seed, that the seed reveals to us how God does things. (laughs) That he has shown this time and time again through the scriptures, time and time again, that he's a God of process. Jesus reveals to us that we can understand the way God does things by looking at the seed. In the third episode, we learned that God's way of revealing or bringing understanding to the things that he does is through discipleship. He gives understanding to his ways and to the things that he does to disciples and not followers. I don't know if you remember that, right? I'm sure you do. What this means is that he prefers to reveal the understanding of the way he does things through relationship. A disciple is one who is in a submitted relationship to God. The one who is submitted to him, he gives understanding to his ways. Remember, the kingdom is God's way of doing things. Okay, In the fourth episode, we saw that hurt attitudes... We saw all the hard attitudes that hinder us from doing things God's way. We learned that the hard heart will hinder us from doing things God's way. The shallow heart will hinder us from doing things God's way. The crowded heart, the heart that is crowded with the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth, will hinder us from doing things God's way. Right? But then we learned that fruitfulness is achieved by hearing what God wants us to do. Right? Understanding it and doing it. That that is what is characterized as the fruitful heart, the good soil. The one that hears how God does things and does it. Right? This is how God does things and then you do it. That's what we learned, right, in the fourth episode. In the fifth episode, we learned that God's way of causing us to have the ability to do the things that he wants us to do and to do things his way is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself is the avenue through which God has chosen to reconcile us to himself. This is how God does things. How God has chosen to do things is through Jesus Christ. Hey! Hey! Yes! Jesus is God's way of redeeming us. The cross is the avenue through which God has chosen to reconcile us to himself. So those who reject the Son reject God. Jesus is the way through which God has chosen to reveal himself and his intention for humanity. Through Jesus Christ, God reveals to us his deep, deep love. And he has also revealed to us the relationship that he seeks to have with us. That it's one that's deeper than one of the creator and his creation. That it is one of a father and his children. He reveals to us through Jesus Christ that he intends to do things through his children. And so through Jesus Christ, he fixes the problem of what it is that hinders us or separates us from him once and for all. That through the shedding of his own blood, he provides us eternal forgiveness. So when we believe in Christ Jesus, this is the first step into doing things God's way hey, the first and most important step into doing things God's way is believing in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Then in the sixth episode, we learned that God's way of doing things, right, the kingdom, is not to remove the enemy, but instead, he helps us to identify and discern the enemy's schemes, plans, and missions against us. The enemy himself has a kingdom. He has a way of doing things. Right? The enemy's way of doing things, right, is through deception. That's what Jesus reveals to us, that the enemy's way of doing things is through deception. And so God's way of doing things is not about removing the enemy and his deception. He has said that he'll do that later. He'll do that later. But for now, What he does instead is that he equips us to be able to stand our ground like Jesus did. Right? So the thing is that's so amazing is that God throughout this series has begun to take us on a journey of showing us how he does things. This was the message of Jesus Christ. The kingdom message. He has come to show us how God does things. Hey, this was the message, how God does things. And what he does after that is that he invites us to submit and participate in doing things God's way. From the very beginning, this was God's intention with Adam and Eve. That's the reason why there was fellowship in the garden with him, is because it was God's intention to show Adam and Eve his ways. To show him how he does things. And that they were meant to embody and execute his way of doing things. Through Adam and Eve, his will would be made manifest here on earth. His way of doing things would be made manifest here on earth. That in all the earth, God's way of doing things would be manifest across all the earth. Right? But the thing is, is that Adam and Eve fell away. And instead of doing things God's way, they started to do things their own way. Hey! Leading to death. Now, the thing to understand is that we were not created. We were not created to do things our way. We were created to do things God's way. We were created for the kingdom. The kingdom. Is God's way of doing things that's what brings life and we were created to have life to do things God's way Jesus says himself I did not come to do my will but to do my father's will I came to do things God's way this is the reason why I need to be baptized I have no sin but this is God's way that he wants us to repent To turn our hearts to him. And so Jesus is like we must accomplish all righteousness. We must do what it is that God intends. What God desires. That, That is the purpose with which I am here. To do things God's way. Behold the kingdom has come. Hey. And so the message from Jesus even through that baptism was that we himself were showing us that we need to turn around that we need to repent, that we need to abandon our ways of doing things and instead adopt God's way of doing things. We need to adopt the kingdom. We need to adopt God's way of doing things, to abandon our way of doing things and to adopt God's way of doing things. My friends, I have not been able to stop thinking about this because I'm just like, this is the, such a simplistic way of being able to understand what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is God's way of doing things. And he wants to continually guide us and teach us and walk with us through the journey of doing things God's way. Ha! God is inviting us to his kingdom, into his way of doing things. Now, well, I want us to look at, again, Matthew 13, into another parable that Jesus teaches on about how he does things. Okay? Ha! That's what the Father is calling us to. Yes, 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 to do things his way. Now, in Matthew 13, we look at a parable, Matthew 13, 33, right? Where Jesus begins to share with us a parable on the parable of the East. Okay? And, and through this parable, again, we'll be able to see how God does things. Okay? In Matthew 13, 33, it says, He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through all the dough. That's it. (laughs) That's, That's the end. That's the end of the parable, right? The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, in this parable, Jesus is teaching us a very important lesson about how God does things. Okay? You know, I always like to say this, yeah? Major keys. I'm like a janitor. I have so many keys. So many major keys. Very important. This may seem very simplistic, but let's get into it. Now, in this parable, I, I don't want to make any assumptions that anyone understands how what yeast is all about, right? The thing about yeast, right? So this woman takes yeast, very small, kidogo sana, and mixes it into about 60 pounds of flour and kneads it. Right? Think of someone like who's making nini, chapati, or something, (laughs) or bread, right? (laughs) Where you knead the dough, okay? Until it works through the entire flour, all the dough. That's what you do. You knead the thing, the yeast, into the dough. Now, the thing about yeast is that the purpose of yeast is to live in bread, right? It's what causes the bread to become light and spongy. Otherwise, it's just flat, right? the thing that causes the bread to rise and have that spongy, soft you know, good texture around bread that as bread as we know it comes from yeast, right? Not only does yeast do that, yeast also helps improve the flavor of bread, okay? It helps improve the flavor of bread because of how it catalyzes the compounds in the bread. It helps improve the flavor of the bread, right? Not only that, it also increases the vitamin and protein protein content in bread, right? Through all the catalysts, uh, c- that it does within the bread, it causes all those things to happen. So yeast, this little thing, is so important. right? And it says here that this woman puts this yeast into this 60 pounds, 60 pounds of dough and makes sure that this yeast is in every single part of the dough yeah? and continues to knead this thing into the dough and makes sure it's all in there. Because it needs to be able to ensure that it makes all the dough rise. Yeast is a very little thing, but has great benefit in bread. And so Jesus here is teaching a parable. Very simple, where he says the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things is like a woman who has yeast, puts it in 60 pounds of dough and kneads it into every single part of this dough so that she can be able to make some really dope bread now here's the thing what is jesus teaching us here right one of the things that we talked about in the second episode if you recall is that i mentioned earlier like i i about it just uh, earlier in this is that the kingdom of god is like a seed yeah and and one of the things that we recognize about the seed which is a very small thing is that it reveals to us about how god's how god works that god is a is really about process, right? And, 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 and this is something that, that the seed shows us, that when you think about the seed, the fact that you plant the seed, and when you put the seed in the ground, that it goes through a certain process. And through this process, then the outcome of that process is fruitfulness. The outcome of that process is a harvest, right? And so the thing is that fruitfulness is a process. And that's what the, the, Jesus reveals to us about God's way of doing things, that God's way of doing things is like a seed, right? That it's, there's a journey, there's a journey. And this journey... Requires patience, right? This is why you see even with the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness You know, God miraculously provides for them when they're in the wilderness, right? Manna from heaven, miraculous. Oh, this is so amazing. But as soon as they enter the promised land The manna stops and then now God says to them Now that the manna has stopped now you eat the produce of the land where he says forget about now The manna that comes from heaven that's daily now. I want you to be involved in the process I want you to be involved in the process where you now have to plant, reap, harvest, okay? Now you have to be involved in the process of how it is that you are going to be able to eat, right? And the thing is, anyone who plants and anyone who farms knows this and fully understands how this works, right? That this thing is a process, right? And it requires patience for you to achieve harvest or fruitfulness. It's patience. As soon as you prune this tree, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> you're, going, you're just going to have to wait until the thing achieves its intended purpose, right? And the thing that Jesus reveals to us through that parable, when he talks about the seed, the kingdom of God is like a seed, the kingdom of God is like a mastered seed, is that he reveals to us that God is a God of process. And the thing is this, is that the thing is that because God is a God of process, we are called to a life of patience, we're called to a life of patience. This is why every single time we see this, that every single time, every single time we see this throughout the scripture, whenever God delivers a promise, there is always a process before that promise is accomplished. The kingdom of God, God's way of doing things is like a seed. <laughs> so he has shown this overwhelmingly in terms of how he prefers to work. Now, here is the thing. Because the thing is that we tend to forget this and we get impatient. But the thing is that I realize is that we have been taught an incomplete gospel, right? We have been taught the gospel of the manna from heaven. The miracle worker, promise keeper, right? Which he is. God is a miracle worker. He has always been that. That's the reason why you see the miracle of the manna from heaven the daily provision right but the thing is is that we forget about the god of process that he is the miracle worker but he is also the god of process in fact i put to you that what jesus is revealing to us is that the overwhelming way in which god prefers to work the way that god likes to do things is that his preferred method is through process This is the reason why he wants us to learn about financial management, right? Not because he cannot deliver you when you're in financial distress, but because he's a God of process. He's a God of process and he prefers to teach us how to handle finances. This is the reason why God wants you to take care of your body. Not because he cannot deliver you when you you are sick. He is the God who heals. He is the miracle God who heals. But he prefers that we learn how to take care of our bodies, to work out, to eat healthy. That's why when you look at the forbidden f- foods in the Old Testament, one of the things that you realize is that when you look at most of this food that he was forbidding, it was actually just unhealthy food. <laughs> so then they are like the laws. It's actually God is just like, don't eat that. It's not good for you. Don't eat this one. Don't eat this. Don't eat the other thing. It's because he was giving them tips. He was giving them tips on how to eat healthy. Right? God is a God of process. This is why God cares about you regularly resting. And he implements this as law because he understands that it's good for you in the long run and allows you to be able to function at optimum level. This is why God teaches us not to worry about tomorrow and instead focus on the current day because worry has a strain on our mental health and he wants us to have a sound mind. The thing that the seed points us to and the thing that Jesus is revealing to us is that God that we serve. The way he does things is he does things through process. He prefers to do things through process. And the thing is that's so interesting is that we have been taught an incomplete gospel. We are taught of the miraculous God which is true and that's who he is. But we haven't been taught enough about the God of process. The God of process. The God who does things, who is like a seed that he prefers to do things this way. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this is because it's very related to the parable of the woman and the yeast, right? Who, she works this yeast throughout the dough. Allow me to read it again. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. This parable speaks to the process of making good bread, right? The process of a good outcome. The very little thing called yeast Needs to be worked into all the dough to make it good dough for bread Why is this an important revelation into how God works? Jesus through this parable is showing us how to live a fruitful rewarding life. What Jesus is teaching us What Jesus is teaching us through this parable is that small things matter The secret things the stuff that isn't visible That's the stuff that matters. Just like the yeast, you cannot see it, but when walked through the entire door, it's the reason the bread has so much flavor and the reason why the bread rises. It's the little things that matter, the things that are invisible, the secret things. You know, in Matthew 6, Jesus, while teaching on giving, says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, When teaching on prayer, he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In Luke 10, 16 and verse 10, He teaches us, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? What the parable of the yeast teaches us, is that the way in which God works is in the secret places, that the small things matter. And here's the thing. He wants us to take this mindset and literally implement it in every area of our lives, that we take the small things and begin to need and work those things into every single Area of our lives that we take this mindset and implement it in every area of our lives. What this world teaches us What this world teaches us is that the big things are the ones that matter It's the pursuit of the accolades that matter get it at all costs It's the praise that matters. So make sure to take all the PR that you can get out of that charity event And be sure to post it all over your social media, okay? We have been conditioned to pursue the public praise of others to focus on the big things the big moves big things my guy big things go get your accolades but god works differently what god shows us is that he is concerned about the little relatively insignificant things the secret things let me give you an let me give you an example of how this was very relevant to me not too long ago <laughs> so uh, a few weeks ago i went to buy a phone charger for my phone right i went and bought this charger it was only a g i just needed the cord. it was only a thousand shillings i go and buy this thing i take it home i take this charger home i start charging my phone i'm like yes new charger my phone falls when my phone falls it bends the charger this charger now is faulty. Now, all of a sudden, when I try to put it into the thing, it's still charging, but it charges, it's not clipping into the phone, it's just loose-loose. <laughs> right? So, me, in my head, I'm like, I put the thing back together, and in my mind, I'm like, yo, anyway, since I bought this thing, Jana, yeah, I'll just take it back to these guys, and then I'll just tell them, Ikitu this thing you sold me is faulty, and I know fully well what happened. But I was like, this thing is faulty. So I put the thing, I wrapped the thing back up. (laughs) Put my nini, put it back in the box. I was like, I'm going to take this thing back. Let me tell you, I was just there wondering, why is God convicting me so hard about a charger? I remember just being like, I... God is just here. He's really someboying me about this charger. But I'm just there like ah, it's just a G. I mean the, the, plus those guys, they must have so many different chargers anyway. Anyway I get in the car and I'm leaving to go return this thing. I was going to do other errands. Completely forgot the charger at the house. As I'm driving, going to do my things God is convicting me about that charger. My goodness, I mean convicts. Yeah? I'm just here like Lord, why are you why are you just here running with me over a charger? And when I get home at the end of the day, I get home and I'm just there like Lord, why are you so boring me so much about a charger? Sister G. And the Lord says to me, He's like, yeah, man. So you want to compromise your integrity over a G. Where? <laughs> I remember sitting there just being like, what? And he reminded me. He who is faithful in a little thing will be faithful in much. God was subwaying me about a charger, because that's how he works. He looks at faithfulness in the little things, not in the big things. He starts off with the little things. And when he was there challenging me about a charger and challenging me about this thing, I remember sitting there being like, "Lord, why, why are you doing this? It is because He is the God of the little things the insignificant things. What Jesus is teaching us through this parable is that the little things matter. And he wants us to adopt this mindset into our entire life, right? That it matters how we treat the people that are closest to us. It matters the things that we do in secret. It matters how we treat the poor, the needy, the least of them when no one is watching. It matters how we work, how we work Where he says here, if you're not faithful, what belongs to another, who will give you your own? It matters how we work, even when your boss is not seeing. It matters the little ways in which we give ourselves to our employer. I remember there was one time when I was was employed, when I was working, and I remember working for this guy, and there were so many things that we were doing with this guy. I remember one time working till 5 in the morning to deliver on a project. Him, he had gone to sleep. He didn't even know that I was doing this thing. The next morning, he comes to the office. I had to be back at the office at 8 in the morning. Three hours I had, I had, uh, I had slept. And the guy is just there like, why are you so, looking so tired? And, and I was kind of dozing off throughout the day. And he was really upset with me because of that. And he says like, yo, this guy didn't even know that I'd spent the whole night trying to deliver on a project for his company. Right? And try to make sure that we do the best job that we possibly can. Right. So it wasn't a thing for like trying to get the accolades from the boss, but it's also recognizing that I needed to be faithful in being able to deliver on this thing. That God sees these things, that God sees the way in which we work. The little things that we take for granted in the workplace, the little dishonesty that we show in the place where we've been called to serve, where we're just like, ah, but this is just like a small thing. It matters that the little the little gossip against your friends and your neighbors, it matters. When you encourage the sick friend, it matters when we show mercy. It matters when we show forgiveness towards that person who has shown us disdain. Those little things, they do matter. The secret things matter. They are the things that put together the ingredients for a great life. And what Jesus is teaching us through this parable is that God's way of doing is that these little things are the things that we work into our entire lives, that we need into our entire lives, that we work into our entire lives, right? That these are the things, the things that are not visible, the things that that do not have the secret things, that have no accolades, that have no public um, view. These are the things that matter. That encouraging word, that plate of food for the watchman, God sees it. That bag of clothes for the person, the the poor lady um, outside your neighborhood, you know, that visit to that sick person and praying for them, that kind gesture towards an undeserving colleague, that partner or friend, that little thing that you do, that prayer for that enemy, God sees it. The little things matter. This is also true even for our faith. You know, when God says to us that if we have faith, the way I like to look at faith is confidence. If we have the confidence, faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. What he's talking to us is about a childlike confidence in him that can transform our lives. You know, I remember there was was one time, this this story that that blows my mind away. I remember um, in the early days of when I was a teenager, I remember needing to get into a matatu to go to... I don't know where I was going, and I had no money. But because I was like, I I trust, I have put my confidence in the living God, right? Mm. (laughs) I walked back, I walked to the stage, right? And I remember saying, I'm like, Lord, me have faith in you that you will provide. So me, I entered the matri with no chums. (laughs) I was like, Lord, you will provide for me. You are the one who's gonna provide for me. So I get into this matatu, right? as soon as I enter the matri and I'm just there, you know, I'm just like, Lord, <laughs> I have put my confidence in you. I get into the matatu, as soon as I sit down, I hear, Hey, Thiba, what's up, bara? <laughs> There's a guy behind me who was like, yo, I haven't seen it so long. Hey, then we say beating Storos, he's like, hey, Mazze, watch I leap up for you, bara. He's your detective for pigs. just like, yo, I got you. Paid my 30 bob into town. You know what I mean? Like that was now God basically showing. And what God was revealing to me through that is that he kept telling me, he's like, my guy, the faith that you had for 30 bob, the faith and the confidence that you had in me for 30 shillings is the same faith and confidence that you need for 2 million, for 50 million. When he talks about the faith the size of a mustard seed, he's not talking about bigger faith. He's saying, that childlike faith that allowed you to believe that I would pay for your matatu is the same faith that I need you to have to believe that I will deliver you from this situation. That I will deliver you from this difficult situation that you're in. The small things matter. And so he was telling me, use that small situation and need that confidence, that faith into your entire life. That confidence for the matatu is the same confidence that you need when you need to believe me for 10 million shillings or 20 million shillings, or you need to believe me for someone who is sick, or you need to believe me for a difficult situation in your life. And so here's the thing, is that what Jesus is teaching us through this parable, what he's teaching us through this parable, is that the little things matter the little things matter the yeast the secret things they matter and that's how god does things that god wants us to now and to focus on the small things in our lives and to weave that mindset into every area of our lives that is the parable of the yeast (sighs) that's the message we have for you today i have for you today and i hope that um we'd begin to focus our gaze on the little things, you know, the little secret things that matter. You know, this is most likely where you'll find Jesus. Um, he's the God of the secret places. And as I close, there's a story that I think of um, of my friend who, who's um, whose dad passed away recently. And one of the things that was so magnificent um, out of that very tragic situation was that um, He was sharing with me how he was so surprised at how many people were so affected, deeply affected by the passing of his father um, and the kind of impact that he had in their lives. And he kept wondering to himself, when did this guy have the time to be so important to so many people? And when we were talking, when we realized that the reason why the impact happened is because. He was so concerned about the little things. When people needed help, he was there. When there was a ceremony, he was there. When there was a time someone you needed to talk to, he was there. He was a person who filled his life with so many little gestures, so many little things that made people recognize just how made them feel valuable, made them feel important, made them feel valued and this was a great legacy that he left he was a man who did very many little things that mattered i pray that we would adopt the same mindset in jesus holy name that we would understand how god does things is that he cares about the little things and that we would weave this mindset into all our lives in jesus holy name amen Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button. Subscribe. Subscribe. God bless you guys.